I'm going crazy cause real life sucks I might quit my job because I hate it so much But I got new books and like they're the best So let's talk about them cause I'm pretty much obsessed Pretty much obsessed Pretty much obsessed Pretty much obsessed Hey everybody, welcome back to Pretty Much Obsessed Episode 13 Is that? Oh, lucky number 13, I didn't even realize it's not a lucky number, it's an unlucky number. And we're recording this on Friday the 13th. That's so crazy. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, it's not, though. It's it's not Friday the 13th. No, because I don't think there is one for a while. One of my favorite... Uh, it's December 11th, just so everybody knows, just for the record. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to Pretty Much Obsessed. I'm Dalton. And I'm Chris. And we're going to talk about... And this will be the unluckiest episode (laughs) we've ever recorded. Yeah. I mean, Everything that can go wrong will go wrong. I'm sick, so that's pretty unlucky. I'm going to be blowing my nose into the mic and stuff. Uh, I think we had a fairly lucky week for comics, though. Yeah, some really great comics this week. And uh, we did our Christmas decorating this week, too, so we got our tree all done up and uh, Are we we going to tell people... For first-time listeners, what kind of podcast this is? Oh, this is a podcast where we talk about our Christmas decorating, and uh, it's kind of like a home decorating HDGTV kind of podcast. Uh, but also, in addition to that, let's like split because it's also a pop culture and comic book podcast. Yeah, we kind of keep it fifty-fifty. <laughs> Yeah, this is a comic book podcast. We're going to talk about the comic books for the week. We're going to talk about pop culture and comic book geek news uh, for the week. Uh, and It's yeah. actually more of a thing where we market it as a comic book podcast, but really we just talk about pop culture stuff. Like We're like the Newberry Comics of podcasts. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a Massachusetts thing. They, they're probably oh, okay. in other states too, but that's what I know it from is when I lived in Massachusetts. But it's a store called Newberry Comics... And they do have some comics, but it's like 10% of the store is comics, and, and the rest is just cool stuff. I, I, w- I would say we split it sort of person to person. I, I am more, I, I talk more about the comics, and you're more yeah. pop culture. I know. I think. I'm kind of trolling you right now, to be honest, because Dalton is always like kind of pulling for it to be more of a comic podcast, and I'm always pulling for it to not be. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, that's why we decided to split it down the middle and make it a home decorating podcast. So yeah, split that's what difference. it is now. Call it even. Uh, some cool stuff happened this week. What's on your list? What's on your Christmas list? Uh oh, I don't have my list up. Uh oh. Um, Spider Man Homecoming trailer. Yeah, I was gonna talk about that. Oh, it looks so good. So is the girl in the movie Mary Jane? Uh, I don't know if we saw Mary Jane in this trailer. Uh, I we could saw, um, we oh s- gosh, what's her name? We see him ogling someone in that the That girl halls. that has like a Z, it's like a Z name. Uh. So, I keep wanting to say Zaytana, which is definitely not it. <laughs> let me, <laughs> Zaytana, warlord of Mars. Uh, let me see. Wait, what? Uh, what Zaytana are you talking about? I don't know. That's just what it sounds like. It sounds like a sci-fi alien conqueror character. Oh, I was to me. It's a DC character. Zaytana is is yeah. that character a warlord of Mars? Did I hit it on the head? No, she's a magician. 
Uh, yeah, I can see that too. Um, I honestly didn't know if we saw Mary Jane or not. Was she the one that calls them nerds? Um, she's the one that they're like, no. Oh, it's Zendaya. Zendaya. Right. Uh, um, and I, uh, I don't, I don't think that's her that calls them nerds. They're like staring at her and being like, oh my God, she's so hot. Is that then, Mary Jane that they're talking about? I don't know. That's I, I'm yeah. asking you, you're the Marvel guy. Well, I mean, I'm you're the Marvel guy, but I, I have not seen what this Mary Jane is going to look like yet. I was more stoked about Spider-Man himself. I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I thought the writing was really funny. It just like in the trailer, the trailer made me laugh, which is always good. Um, yeah. I loved when he's, like, got all the bank robbers that have the Avengers masks on. And he's like, wait a minute, you're not the real Avengers. Yeah, so it looks uh, like this really will clever. be, obviously, uh, Peter Parker is the superhero that is forever permanently stuck in high school, at least in the movies. Yeah, uh, and but this is not gonna... an origin story, which is great. We don't have that... to sit through another Spider-Man origin story again. You don't think there will even be, like, a little origin montage? Maybe there will be a montage, but I think they're they're trying their best to avoid it. I mean, I'm sure they've got to talk about Uncle Ben, you know, to some degree. Did you see Batman v Superman? No. I'm going to, though. Oh. I told you I'd catch up on all the DC movies that when they come out, I can watch them. We can talk about them on the podcast. It actually is pretty weak that you have not seen Batman v Superman or Suicide Squad. Okay. As, as a comic book podcaster, that's actually kind of I know. Shameful. That's why it's my goal, because of duty to the po- comic book podcast. I have no desire to see those movies uh, <laughs> at all. That's why it's taken me so long. But I will. Um, because once I have watched those movies, then I can say to you, what do you mean you haven't seen Doctor Strange yet? We have to talk right. about it on the podcast, That's, and I'll actually have ammunition. I was just going to bring that up. I can't so really I give, I can't give you shit about it if I still haven't seen Suicide Squad. Right. Um, well, and Batman v Superman is even worse. That's been out for almost a year. Well, I mean, yeah, but it's also even worse. Yeah. In more ways. But- than one but you need it's, <laughs> you need to take it upon yourself to understand why it's i know movie. i know i do uh but spider-man i'm very excited for uh i'm so happy he's in the marvel universe and we get to see him like side by side with like tony stark and the rest of the avengers yeah. you know uh although this seems like it'll be solo what i'm questioning and this will be a question that you probably don't understand but maybe a listener will because uh, you haven't followed Miles Morales Spider-Man. Uh, his best friend in this trailer looks a lot like Genki, which is his, which is Miles Morales' best friend in Ultimate Spider-Man. And so I'm wondering if, even though Spider-Man is Peter, Peter Parker, if they borrowed Miles Morales' best friend for the movie, which would be kind of weird, but uh, definitely looks and acts like Genki, which is... Uh, and Genki in the comics knows who Spider-Man is, and we see in the trailer that this friend figures out you know who's spider-man that he's spider-man uh just in the trailer morales is like super popular right miles morales is super popular and who knows maybe we'll see him in the marvel universe at some point but spider-man for the cinematic universe is still peter parker i'm gonna put my money down on they are making the spider-man they're gonna borrow elements of the morales spider-man yeah for the the movies and just kind of like blend it like take things that people like about the miles morales books and probably blend it into the the new spider-man movies yeah i mean genki does give like a good best friend character which peter parker never really had 
right. uh, you know, uh, give someone a frame to like kind of riff off of and go through high school together with, which is a cool angle, which I think a lot of people like about Miles Morales. Yeah, he needs needs something other than his like weird, twisted kind of friends, but kind of hate each other relationship with um, Harry Osborn. Yeah, which like just always turns into a supervillain battle, you know, like he needs like yeah, someone that it, he's not just going to end up fighting. It's never really worked on screen. Like their relationship has always been. <laughs> and we've seen it so many times. <laughs> well, just twice, but it's, that's still more times than yeah. I need to see it. Exactly. I, I don't need to see it again. Um, but uh, I'm very excited news. about this trailer. Oh, um, do you have more to say about it? No, just that, uh, I can't wait for this movie. The trailer was everything I hoped it would be. I, I got very amped about it. Uh, Michael Keaton as the vulture should be pretty fucking sick. Yeah, that does look good. Yeah. Um, what's next on your news list? I was going to mention, I thought it was kind of cool. I just saw that Build-A-Bear Workshop is doing Pokemon. I now, saw that which, too. They have a Charmander, I guess. Yeah, and I, I didn't know this. They've had Pikachu for a while, Ooh. and apparently Eevee as well. Whoa. And now they also have Charmander. I thought that was neat. That is pretty cool. I would like one. Uh, hint, hint. Is yeah, that a exactly? Well, I still have to do your Christmas shopping, so I have maybe no idea it'll happen. Those, I don't know how much they cost, but just putting it out there. Well, I hope it's less um, than five dollars. Next thing for me is that Rogue One is coming out very, very soon. Oh yeah! I was watching TV with my dad yesterday, and uh, trailer came on on the TV. And I got so excited, and I was like, "Dad, Dad, look at this! Look at this!" Because he was like looking at his phone, and I it just it looks like the most amazing thing. I know, imaginable. Like it looks like the Star Wars movie that I've been waiting for my entire life. I mean, someone I can't remember who it was. Like maybe it was Patton Oswalt or something like that. Said it's like the best since the original trilogy. Um, which is well, you and, sent me the yeah. Kevin we were talking Smith. about Kevin Smith, who was saying that it's like a new Empire Strikes Back. Uh, but I've heard like multiple people comparing it to like the original trilogy and like how that made them feel. So, uh, speaking I'm of the really Empire Strikes Back, speaking oh. of the Empire Strikes Back, I still have a sweet Empire Strikes Back T-shirt. Yeah, graphic tee. If you send us a tweet, a tweet that can contain literally anything, just send it to at p much obsessed. Uh, you'll be entered in the drawing, which I'm gonna do. I guess that I'll do it this weekend. And there's. <laughs> literally one person in it right now <laughs> there's there's one person in it and he tweeted at us uh singles in your area so yeah. you can tweet actually anything and uh, i'd really like to give it to someone else <laughs> because but david we know you're listening and we love you i don't know him so i mean i'm not gonna say i love him i'm sure he's a fine gentleman uh <laughs> but he also is one of dalton's friends and i wanted it to be someone i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so tweet at us at P Much Obsessed and take that T-shirt from David, uh, ruin his Christmas, and uh, send us a tweet, a tweeter. It's the chain uh, of Christmas ruin because it was going to be your present. Yeah, ruin everyone's Christmas. Ru- My Christmas has already been ruined. Now it's going to be David's, and uh, right. we can just keep passing it along. And okay. someone will eventually end up with a uh, Empire Strikes Back shirt. And I guess, let me pick a date right now. I'm opening up my calendar here. This is the deadline, drawing, folks. Drawing will take place on... I'm going to go with... Let's say Friday the 23rd. Friday, okay, just before Christmas. Yeah, it'll be like a little Christmas Eve present. Nice. Uh, you you heard it here first, folks. Tweet at us, at P Much Obsessed. 
uh, and you could win. Uh, what size is the tea? Maybe that's what's keeping people away. <laughs> it's a large. Okay. Okay. That's like a good, comfortable thing. Which uh, I assume is what I, I don't know. For some reason, I want to say probably most people who listen to this podcast wear a large t-shirt, but maybe I don't know. Don't body shame our fans. <laughs> uh, That's I had, what I wear, and I assume most of you are like me, so yeah. Um, I had one piece of news, which I am very excited about, and I'm pretty sure literally no one else is, uh, but it was announced so why would you share it <laughs> because i'm so because ex- i'm obsessed about it and that's what this show's about that's what we can agree on is that it's what we're obsessed with yes. uh, goosebumps author rl stein has been picked by marvel to write a new man thing series a comic series uh, coming up next year and i am so excited uh, man you actually think of stein as a genuinely good author uh well, I mean, I only re- read his like children's book when I books when I was a child. You know, I don't right. know that I've read anything f- from him that was geared towards adults, but I do think that his work for children has been very good. Like, I st- I still think those that like, Goosebumps books are great kids books. You know, um, as far as like the horror children's book genre goes, which I don't know sometimes how big I, it is. Sometimes I feel like. Were they good, or did we just... Was it just cool at the time? I think they were good. Like, I feel like Animorphs... Have, I think we've talked about this on here before, how we loved have Animorphs. We? But then, like, now that we actually look back, like, in retrospect, they were not very good books at all. Well, I mean, it's also tough to judge a book for preteens as an adult, you know? Because, right. like, the the prose, of course, is simpler and, like, basic and, like... You know, and it's, like, designed to have, like, very obvious teenage relationships. Like, you know, Cassie likes Jake, but Jake likes, you know, this person. And I don't remember. Did he like Rachel or were they cousins? They were cousins, right? I have no idea. I think Jake and Rachel were cousins. Cassie liked Jake. Tobias liked Cassie, but Tobias was a bird. Um, And, uh... And Axe was an alien that apparently had no sexual feelings for anyone or anything. So It's so funny how Tobias got trapped as a bird in, like, the third book. It was the just... first book. It was at the end Seriously? of the very first book he got trapped as a hawk. It, wasn't, just, a, it wasn't until later that he got that the ability way. to turn into a person. He was, like, he was only a hawk, and then later he got the ability to turn back into a person for an hour at a time. Huh. I yeah. don't know if i read that far yeah he used to be able to like turn back into tobias but it was like sort of the same rules but in reverse like he could only be tobias for an hour or something but then if he what if he stayed in tobias would he get stuck in human form again that that's a good question and i don't remember uh maybe he would die or something uh the one thing i remember is there was like one of those animorphs like big books we're getting way off track but there was like you know how like animorphs would do like those special books that were like twice as long and i can't remember what they were called they're sort of like annuals in a comic series you know yeah like they would have there was one where they were like time traveling and i remember that in one of them jake got shot with a musket like through the chest and like died and i was devastated and then it turned out you know it was like time travel so they went back in time and saved him but like 
as a child reading like your favorite adventure hero getting shot through the chest with a musket and dying like it was it was some heavy stuff you know what i was very affected i i don't even care what those books actually read like if i was to go back and read them i have really good memories of them so yeah i'm deciding now you know what animorphs pretty solid they should make a movie right after power rangers yeah let's get an animorphs reboot that'd be actually pretty sweet there were a lot of really cool things in those books now that I think. About but let's it. do it as like a dark HBO series like Westworld. <laughs> uh, that would be fine, but also would probably not be successful. No, probably not. I think they uh, should do exactly with Animorphs what they're doing with Power Rangers. Fair. Um, so, yeah, R.L. Stein's writing this Man-Thing series. It's going to be interesting to see what he writes for, like, sort of a wider comic book audience. But uh, I'm a huge Man-Thing fan. My band has a song called Man-Thing. So I am... I I don't know... The thing is, like, I really like this news, but I don't know how much I'll like the product of it. Because, like you said, like, I don't know what R.L. Stein's writing is going to be like as an adult. But I hope it's awesome. Isn't Man-Thing... High hopes. Isn't Man-Thing sort of a blatant Swamp Thing ripoff? So some people think that, but the creator of Man-Thing and the creator of Swamp Thing were actually good friends, and they developed the idea around the same time. Uh, I think the debuts of both of them are like within a month of each other, and both creators have said that the other person didn't rip them off, that they were just kind of thinking around the same thing. Um, they also have very different power sets. Uh, Man-Thing is, like, the controller of, like, this portal in the swamp called, like, the nexus of all realities. And his power is that, like, if he touches you and you feel fear, then his touch burns you. Uh, so, like, if you get scared and he touches you, it, like, you catch fire. Um, Swamp Thing is basically just all-powerful. Yeah, Man-Thing is not. He's confined to the swamp, first of all. It's like, like, if you kill him in the swamp, the swamp rebuilds him. But if he steps outside of the swamp, he's, like, powerless. So a lot of Man-Thing comics, like, were sort of tied to the fact that they had to keep finding ways to get people down to his swamp. That sounds really annoying to have to uh, write. But apparently the original kind of Swamp Thing run, I'm trying to... Or not Swamp Thing, now I'm getting confused. Man-Thing. I'm trying to remember who did the... uh, Who's known for, like, writing Man-Thing. Because there's, like, this big, long run on it that's supposed to be amazing. uh, If I was writing Man-Thing, I think... I think one of the first things I would do is write up some kind of like bullshit reason why, oh, he can leave the swamp now. <laughs> well, recently he has been because he's been a member of the Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D., which hasn't going all over the place, but I don't know how they explain that. Um, but Steve Gerber did a 39-issue run on it in like the 70s, and it's like cult classic. Uh, Neil Gaiman cites it as like a big influence. Um, there was a live action man thing movie, which I have not seen that is supposed to be terrible. Uh, also man thing series series was the first introduction of Howard the duck in the Marvel universe. So man thing and Howard the duck have their own sort of weird, bizarre corner of the Marvel universe that I enjoy. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, I don't have any other current events to talk about. Yeah, I was mostly just amped about Spider-Man and Man-Thing, so... And I I don't... So I guess that brings us to comics. And first first off, I want to say, because I'm assuming you read Batman number 12. Yeah. Uh, I don't really want to talk that much about it, because I want to just kind of wait for the story arc to wrap up. I feel like it's getting kind of like monotonous, how we just talk about every issue. Right. When there's really not much to like analyze, so... I, I will, will say I like it. 
I will say that I loved this issue. I thought the art was very uh, compelling. I loved that every page was a splash page. Like everything was like two page spreads, which is really, it felt very open uh, and very sort of adventurous. And it really played well with sort of like the voiceover narration. But I, it seems like Tom King on this series is really good at like the voiceover narration uh, stuff that he has done in both of these arcs so far but he doesn't do a good job of balancing that with moving the plot forward. Like he'll do like one issue where it's all just like voiceover and character development. And then the next issue will be all plot advancement. Yeah. And I don't know that I necessarily like that. I think it's fine because they come out every two weeks. So like, you don't have to wait that long, but like as much as I loved this issue, I got to the end and I was like, Oh, but nothing has happened story wise. Like we're still in exactly the same spot, but I really liked everything that was written, you know? Okay. I changed my mind. We are going to talk a little bit about it. <laughs> so real quick, I'm going to go through my list of books that I read. Okay. Uh, everybody who's listening, beware spoilers. We do spoil comic books. We are the Super Spoiler Brothers. Yes. Uh, Batman number 12, Superman number 12. For Marvel, I read Deadpool number 23, Champions nice. number 3, and Nova number 1. Oh, good. You, did, you read Nova. And I read uh, Violent Love number 1 and number 2 from Image. Cool. Um, no, number two just came out last Wednesday. Number one was a month ago, and I just finally got around to reading it, and I really, really liked it. Um, I read a bunch of stuff, but I'll just mention the stuff that I'm going to talk about. Um, honestly, I'm probably most of the ones I want to talk about. You also mentioned. Uh, I think we'll save Flintstones maybe for next week when you've had a chance to read it. Uh, Flintstones okay. number six. Um, I'll probably mention Avengers number two and Unworthy Thor number two and Star Wars Dr. Aphra number one. Okay. Yeah. So back to Batman number 12. Yeah. What was he even doing through that whole issue? Uh, He was apparently traveling to where Bane was. But at the end of issue number 11, he was in a vent above them, like in the ceiling. You know, that's a good point. Catwoman calls him out and she's like, yeah, he's up in that vent right now. He's going to come down and try to break your back. And then he's like, no. And then we open number 13 and he's like doing this insane run all around the entire fortress. And you don't, I didn't think about it the first time I read it. Cause he's doing the, like, there's like the narration in the form of a letter that he wrote to Selena sometime yeah. ago. But he's like doing this whole roundabout thing. And then you see him like you see him beating up all these guards and taking out guys with guns. And it's super cool and awesome. And then he like scales up the tower and then he like jumps into the water. And it's kind of like, why did you climb all the way up to the top of the tower just so you could jump into the water? That was something that that struck me the first time through. I was like, why did he climb all the way up just to dive back down and swim with the sharks like that? That didn't make any sense to me. That jumped out. I'm going to just give Tom King the benefit of the doubt and assume that that was the only way to get to the water because the cliffs or something. (laughs) But anyways, uh, and then he ends up, like, basically he goes all around the fortress, beats up a bunch of guys with guns that are trying to kill him, and then ends up back in the room where he was before when he'd been in the ceiling and had basically a tactically advantageous vantage point. But now he's he's, like, on his knees in front of Bane. Like, why didn't he just drop down out of the grate? Yeah, and <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking, like, maybe this was, like, taking a step back to... Uh, so, we do... I'm looking at the previous issue. Maybe this is taking a step back from when he parted with 
Catwoman and the ventriloquist and like sort of charting his journey from when he left them. Uh, because no, he, because he was in the ceiling vent. No, and he, now he's not. He separates from them earlier and it's just Catwoman and the ventriloquist that end up in the ceiling vent. And then Batman's just with them again. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. I'll give you that. I don't know what he was doing, but it looked beautiful. No, this issue, issue number 13, <laughs> definitely happens after issue number 12. Yeah. Well, this is 12. This is okay. 12. Last issue number 12 yeah. definitely happens after issue number 11. Yeah. Like, it's not backtracking. It, it can't be. Because he when he gets to the end of all that stuff, he's A, not in the, not in the vent in the ceiling. That's true. And B, Bane is talking about how he's been betrayed, and Catwoman is, like, all up on Bane. Like, what's up, baby? Yeah, I have no idea. Um... But it looked good and it sounded good. <laughs> yeah, it it definitely I liked it. But that's I the did thing think is like that after the fact I was like, what is wait, what's actually happening? Well, I had the same sort of issue. Remember with the first arc where there was that one issue. I think it was issue three that was all voiceover, and I was like, yes, this is one of the best issues of Batman I've ever read. I love this. And then the next issue was all plot, and it just fast forwarded through a bunch of stuff, and I was like, wait, what even just happened? And I thought the follow up issue was one of the worst issues I had ever read. So that's why I think, like, Tom King has a lot of great ideas right now, but I don't know that he's stringing them together in the most coherent and episodic way, you know? Like, I feel like this kind of cool voiceover and stuff would have been more effective if we were seeing something productive happen, you know? That's like all fair that criticism. Advance the think... story. I think any inclination I have to disagree with it might just be my bias because this is Batman. No, I mean, I finished the issue and I was in awe. You know, I finished and I was like, wow, that was yeah. some awesome stuff I just read. But then, like, the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, but what, where did it get us, you know? And so I loved well, it, but... I will say, I think where it got us is into a very deep and satisfying examination of Batman's character. True, true. And that's legitimate, yeah. It didn't advance the story at all. No. But it was great character development. Absolutely. Um, and that's worth that's worthwhile. You know, that's very worthy. it was worthy. very well written. I found it to be really, like, like excellent as literature. Yeah. And kind of kind of poetic and... Touching. Just great. It was really good. Who, who's that dude next to Bane with the red cape? Is that a... That's the Psycho Pirate. Yeah, Psycho Pirate. Okay. He doesn't look like a pirate. No, no, he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> other one thing I want to say is like, there's definitely something going on with the ventriloquist that is right. gonna. Oh, definitely, because like I think it's we're gonna find out something crazy about like because we have not give, been given any reason as to why he's even there. Yeah, he's gonna be the key to this whole thing. Yeah, uh, and I kind of think it's gonna turn out like Selena didn't really betray anybody. Yeah. And there's going to be some kind of weird thing with Ventriloquist, who I thought had telepathy, but I just read about him, and I guess he doesn't really have powers. He's just a crazy guy that talks to his hand? Yeah, so yeah. I have no idea like how he figures into any of this, but I'm dying to find out. And I, I mean... I, they... It, it's going to have to be mind-blowing. I mean, they seem to kind of be, you know, changing the characters a bit with Rebirth, so they could be giving him powers, you know, in this iteration. Yeah. Uh, to some degree. I want to believe that maybe he's like controlling Catwoman right now or something. Yeah, that's like what I thought too, but like I don't I just don't know if he's capable of that. And maybe it's all part of the plan because even though Batman says no when he's in the vent, 
when Selena quote unquote betray- betrays everybody, I think maybe he's just echoing because because Bane screams no, and then the next panel is Batman saying no with just a period. Yeah. So there's it's it's it can't be what it appears to be. But. We'll find out in two weeks. Yeah, I can't wait. So, anyways, <laughs> that's enough about that. I didn't even intend to talk about this for that long. But, yeah, um, I'm but gonna it was a, just gloss. It was a unique huh? issue, so it was worth talking about. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna kind of just gloss over Superman number twelve. Did you read that? Yeah, and uh, I remember not disliking it, but also I don't really remember what happened. There was like a yeah, there was a green guy. Yeah, I agree with that that summary. Yeah, <laughs> it's not bad. It's actually good, but. It just is, but it's also kind of like. Oh yeah, I remember this. Like Lois hops on a a sky plane thing, and then Superman punches the dude. Oh, this had that awesome sequence with the farmer who like comes to defend Superman. That was yeah. awesome. There's like yeah. Superman's getting attacked by this giant green Frankenstein looking guy, and this just like tubby middle aged farmer with a mustache comes out with a shotgun and shoots him. Uh, and uh, just sort of stares the guy down, you know. Salt of the earth, American heartland kind of kind of yeah. farmer. He's just like, leave classic him alone Superman. and get off my land. Yeah, classic, classic Superman. It, it did. Good. It did remind me of what I do like about Superman comics, which is that like the people in Superman comics are fundamentally good people. You know, like they're brave, they believe in things, you know, and that's sort of like a very optimistic view that is sometimes refreshing to see in comics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk champions. Um, or did you have another one we want to touch on first? No, champions is good. Uh, I just am like, whatever about this issue. Really? Oh, I loved this. I, Uh, I'm, (laughs) I figured. (laughs) I truly loved this issue. Uh, this is exactly who I want the champions to be is like, so the champions, uh, they are, still on their little, you know, camp out in the woods, getting to know each other and stuff. And they find out that in some Middle Eastern country, there's like this, uh, organization that's like basically murdering young women and trying to make women be subservient. And they're doing like this, you know, uh, female genocide thing. So very topical, topical things that like are actually happening in the world right now. And the champions go to see if there's something they can do. And what's great is that it doesn't take the issue as like, Oh, we're just going to go over there and punch them until it stops, you know, which is like the classic superhero thing, which is like take a major issue and then just punch it until it's taken well, care of, you know, wanted to, that's what they wanted. To do. That's what they want to do. But they get over there and they meet with like one of the women who's there and she's like, no, you can't do that. We can't make it look like uh, we need people to fight our battles for us. We need to make it look like we're in charge, you know. Uh, we can't just be, you know, people around to get saved by superheroes, you know. And so they basically it, name drop, um, what's her name, Malala something. Yeah, Mal- uh, Malala, I forget her last name, but she won the Nobel Peace Prize for... Uh, yeah, I feel like they name drop her and then they introduce that character as kind of like a stand in for her. Yeah, which was kind of on the nose. Um, like, I, I feel like they didn't need to name drop uh, Malala and it still would have been like, you know, we would have gotten it. Yeah, like it might have, I don't know, it just kind of like bugged me how they did that for yeah, some reason. Yeah, I, I get that. But like, 
what I want the champions to be is like, they're this young team of superheroes that wants to change how superheroes do things. And I think it's important for them to be taking on sort of real world issues in sort of a grounded, uh, thoughtful way, you know, and they still get to punch people. This is an action packed issue. I mean, it's got like lots of Hulk fighting and, uh, like big action set pieces and stuff. Um, and I still love these team dynamics. Uh, I like sort of the arguments about who's going to be the leader, and they finally like reluctantly agree that it's Cyclops. Um, so I, I really love this issue, and uh, I had my girlfriend read this issue because she likes the champions and she loves Miss Marvel. And like her reaction when it was done was just like, "I wish they were real." You know, it's like it's like such like a it's kind of a heartbreaking thing because they are dealing with like real things and they are heroes that we just kind of don't have right now you know it's a very feel good story yeah and you know which is what comics can be you know yeah um what didn't you like about it i i don't i don't know just it seemed too like idealistic i guess or like like a simple approach to a more complicated issue. I I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't not like it, but I just didn't buy into what it was sort of, I'm, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it definitely does simplify things to a degree, but it tries to acknowledge that too. And like, you know, it, tr- it tries to talk about how, you know, this is a very complicated thing and they're not just going to fix it just by coming in and fighting a group of bad guys that it's going to be an ongoing problem. But yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm happy that there's a comic like this, you know, uh, going on right now because it is idealistic, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, especially when dealing with like young superheroes. Because young superheroes are the superheroes that are like role models for like kids, you know. Like I, I think probably like a lot of young people read this book, and you know, it's good to give them some sort of optimism while still showing them the realities of bad situations, you know. I feel like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely kid-friendly, and that's that's good, I guess. Yeah. And if you want the champion's vibe without uh, all of the political drama, we had Nova Number 1 come out this week, uh, which follows one of the members of the champions, Nova. Uh, and I thought this book was hilarious. And I thought it was really fun and lighthearted, which is why I recommended it to you. I know that you have like no prior experience with Nova beyond Champions, but yeah. what, did, what did you think of this debut issue? My only feedback, I guess, is just, I mean, I feel like I need to read more before I can make any kind of judgment about it. Because right. right now it's, it's just kind of setting up the series. I don't know the character. I don't know his background. I don't know what that planet thing is. I mean, it was all fine. It was all good. The art was good. Um, and I understood what was going on and stuff. Yeah. But I'm not really, like, invested in it yet. I'll read a couple more issues. Well, that kind of if I get hooked. That planet thing, by the way, is Ego, the living planet, who we are about to see in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, um, okay. That's going to be Star-Lord's father in the movies. Um which we will see oh. how that works. Uh, he is not Star-Lord's father in the comics, though. Um, and so I think this was... The Eagle the Living Planet thing was just kind of a throwaway thing. I don't think you really need to know... Uh, I don't think he's going to be coming back. It was just like... I, I thought that was like a really funny set piece, the way that Nova is like giving this planet shit. Uh, how do you, how did you find that out, that he's going to know that Ego is going to be Star-Lord's father? It was announced like uh, when Kurt Russell was cast... 
uh, when Kurt Russell was cast, they announced that he was being cast as Ego, the Living Planet, who is going to be Star Lord's father. You'd think that they would have saved that for like a big reveal in the movie. You would think so. Apparently, we talked a few weeks ago on the podcast. Remember how uh, Marvel and Fox traded characters, the Negasonic Teenage Warhead, uh, yeah. and the the character that Marvel got back in return was Ego, the Living Planet. Fox had rights to it, and Marvel traded the rights back so they could huh. use him in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, but I just love Nova's dialogue in here where he talks about, like, I'm not dying on a planet with a goatee, you know, and, like, uh, then, like, makes that, like, giant explosion. And then, like, Ego's, like, giving him shit. That he's like, that was a terrible plan. And he's like, I can't wait until you get global warming. Yeah. Uh, I just thought it was really funny. Uh, he has some really good scenes with his friends, too. I'll tell you that I don't know much about Nova either. Here's what I know about Nova. I read the end of his last series, and all I really gleaned from it is that he's a kid who has the Nova suit, uh, basically I know everything that was in the recap page at the front, you know, he has the Nova suit. His dad was a Nova, but his dad is missing and he doesn't know where he is. And then we have Richard Ryder who comes back in this issue. Uh, we see him at the beginning. Um, and Richard Ryder was the Nova like 10 years ago and he died. He was like killed by Thanos. And so now he's back and we don't know why. But that's not the kid's dad. No. So the Nova was like an army for this big planet. We, you saw him in Guardians of the Galaxy. Remember the Nova Corps? They were like all those ships that fought at the end of it. Uh, remember there was like that big like battalion of ships that makes the giant wall in the sky out of their ships? That was the Nova Corps. They're like a big army. Uh, and in the comics, they were all obliterated except one guy, which was Richard Ryder. And so he was the Nova. Um, and then he got killed and then... This other, the, now this kid and his dad were Nova, and his dad is missing now. So that's all there is to know. I thought this was really fun. Uh, and I read the end of like that last Nova run, and I thought it was fine. I w- didn't really get into it, but I read it. Um, but this was really fun. I love the scene where he's like debating talking to the girl and he's like, what could be scarier than talking to a girl? And then he imagines like all the supervillains in the Marvel oh, universe, yeah. like show up and it's like apocalypse and Thanos and venom and Ultron. And they're all like trying to like woo his girl. That and was like, probably my favorite part. Yeah. Mole man is like, be our girlfriend. Uh, and there was the thing about him, like not having his pants and he had to put on his friend's smelly gym clothes. Yeah. That yeah. was pretty fun. That was funny. Yeah, I just thought this was like a really fun first issue and uh, probably the most fun I had reading a comic this week, I think. Okay. And I always like that. What did you think about Deadpool 23? Um, I liked it because it was a lot of just Deadpool and uh, what's her name? I always forget her name. His like partner just kicking a bunch of ass. It seemed yeah. to be kind of a moving the pieces in place kind of issue. Like nothing dramatic really happened. Yeah. But it was an excuse to have them just go out and beat up a bunch of people, which is always fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, this arc is, is a lot of fun, too, because it has, like, really high stakes, um, but still allows uh, Deadpool to be funny, which we've talked about on here. Right. Uh, any other Marvel books that you want to talk about? Yeah. Um... Star Wars Dr. Aphra number one uh, came out this week. If some of you are out there saying, I'm a big Star Wars fan, who the hell is Dr. Aphra? Uh, she was a character that was introduced in the Darth Vader series. Darth Vader sort of finds this like uh, young female badass scientist to kind of like do his bidding for him. 
and she was a really great character, and so now she has her own solo series after being killed by Darth Vader, but then saved. So Darth Vader thinks she's dead, um, but she's out on her own with basically evil versions of C-3PO and R2-D2. She has, like, these droids that, like, look very similar to those two, but they are, like, programmed only to kill and cause pain. And so they're sort of, like, this comic relief where, like, all they want to do is just, like, these crazy murder plots. And uh, so it's, like, really dark humor because they just want to kill everything they come in sight with and she has to, like, keep them under control. Um, I will say... Sounds sounds like my kind of robots. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I will say this issue was tamer than I expected it to be. Uh, Darth Vader, of course, was a pretty dark book uh, with lots of uh, death and conspiracy and stuff, and this seemed to be a little bit lighter in tone. Uh, but it's by the same author, Kieran Gillen. Um, so I... And, and Darth Vader was so well-written that I can only imagine this will be the same... Um, and, uh, yeah, so I am excited to read this series. Um, and Unworthy Thor number two came out this week and man, this series is really good. I think I'm more invested in this right now than the primary Thor series. Um, which isn't to say that I don't like the main Thor series, but like the quest for Thor to get his hammer back is just like, it gives him like a real mission, like a real sort of purpose that he's going towards. And I think it's working really well in the comic. Uh, and in this issue, he gets taken by the collector who's trying to get him to like, uh, the collector, uh, finds, uh, this, the ultimate Thor's hammer from the ultimate universe, uh, and is trying to collect it, but he can't lift it because he's unworthy, you know? So he kidnaps Thor so he can try to lift the hammer so he can, uh, take possession of it. Um, I don't like all this, like, stuff being from the Ultimate Universe. Like, have, how there's, like, two of everything. It bugs me. I think it's given them a lot of cool stories, though. Like, I like Miles being in, in uh, the main universe. Um, yeah, but does it have to be, like, forever? Like, uh, it just seems like it just keeps coming back up. Well, you know? I think right now it's only Thor and Spider-Man that have... Well, no, and really? Reed Richards. Reed Richards, there's an evil version of him from the Ultimate Universe that's sort of I feel of like the there's, like, right stuff now. all the time that we talk about, but whatever. Maybe that's just... Me. Well, we also just talked about this in the last issue. We talked about Ultimate Thor's oh. hammer. So it might have okay. been that this is a continuation of what we talked about before. But I think this, uh, this series has been... Um, really great and i think if you're like a fan of thor this is a really good jumping on point right now because the main thor book is in the middle of this gigantic story arc with like this giant war and this is only two issues so if you like thor jump in on unworthy thor because uh, it's I a good a place to ultimate start thor. yeah ultimate thor was a great character i think you would I like this series uh really i think so um but who knows i'm often wrong about what i think you'll like <laughs> Which is why it's I just kind of throw it, throw everything at you and see what sticks. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I think that was it. Avengers number two was also really good. So was Moon Knight number nine. Moon Knight has been like consistently like mind bending. Uh, Clone Conspiracy number three came out this week, but I have literally nothing to say about it. So we won't even talk about it. <laughs> okay. Did you even read it? No. Yeah. You, I'll, I'll let you know when... Miles Morales Spider-Man has a good jumping on point because I think you're more interested in him right now than Peter Parker. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Clone Conspiracy so far is kind of a dull thud on my pull list every week. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I wanted it to be really good, but I'm like, I got through the end of this issue and I was like, man, I didn't feel anything. 
I feel like clone storylines are usually not a good idea. Especially with Spider-Man, you know? Everyone tries their clone story, and I feel like they never end up good. But, you know, Dan Slott still tried. In fact, this was his second clone story, I think. Uh, so I want to mention Violent Love, which I just kind of got into. I, I just read both the first two issues tonight, and I really, really like it. Named after uh, our favorite Oingo Boingo song. Yeah, it is a really good Oingo Boingo song, and I, I think that's why I chose to check it out in the first place, because yeah. I was like, huh, I wonder what that is. I want to make violent love. That's a really good song. To you um, on the moon above. So the, the book is about like this renegade like couple um, that commits crimes together, and the first two issues have just been kind of like setting it up. Uh-huh. But it's like a cl- kind of classic Bonnie and Clyde story, and it just is really like, I don't know, I'm really into it. I don't have that much to say about it because it's like so kind of like just starting off. Right. But from what it's setting up so far, like I'm so into it. And I have to just say, like every time I decide on a whim to pick up a new image book, like it's good. nine times out of ten, I'm just like, this is great. Yeah. Image is putting out really great stuff right now. I've been meaning to check out Monstrous. Every comic fan I know keeps telling me that Monstrous is one of the best books out there, and I just haven't uh, been able to like find the time to catch up on it. But over like over Christmas, when I have some time, I plan on uh, reading up on Monstrous. I wish that I could read all the stuff that I want to read. Yeah. I wish I had the time to catch up on Green uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns, but I just... It's just so daunting now. <laughs> because, you know, that's the thing. is like when they come out every two weeks, it's like if you don't read for like two months, you've got like this huge backlog to read up yeah. on, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought there were some, uh, it was a really great week. I, I enjoyed most of the comics I read this week other than really Clone Conspiracy. I think that was the only one I wasn't super into. Uh, Archie debuted a new series called Reggie and Me. That was fun. Uh don't have too much to say about it other than that. If you're an Archie fan, this one's a winner. Do you want to say anything about Flintstones? Um, I think we'll talk about it more in depth once you've read it. Uh, I'm not even sure how many issues I'm behind on. I think you're only behind story. on one. You read the election one, right? Mm, no. You didn't read the election one? With the nope. kid that's like, I'm going to punch you in the beef. Nope. Oh, man, that was a good issue. So you're two issues the behind. the Flintstones I read was the marriage one. Yeah, then you're only two issues behind. Okay. Uh, it's just the uh, the election one, which was a lot of fun, and this one. I thought this one was a kind of weak. Kind of weak. It had, like, a lot of balls up in the air, and I don't feel like any of them really got to get fleshed out. It's about uh, the scientist, the, like, Carl Sagan sort of... Uh, analog uh predicts that an asteroid's gonna hit the earth because he calculates it on his abacus and he's like oh we're all gonna die and so everyone in uh bedrock starts like flipping out and like acting like it's the end of the world and like uh it's just anarchy in bedrock um and then it turns out that he just miscalculated everything you know what i'm holding out for is uh batman flintstones crossover yeah give me that i want a gritty jetsons reboot so we can get the jetsons uh flintstone crossover that we've been waiting for. Yeah, okay. Because they actually crossed over in the comics. Do you remember that? The Jetsons like went back in time to Bedrock. What? Yeah, there was like a cartoon crossover with uh, Flintstones and the Jetsons. Oh, in the cartoons. Yeah, in the cartoons. Oh, sorry. No, in the cartoons, in the actual Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Okay. So I want like I want like Bedrock to be like, you know, the past satire, and I want the Jetsons to be like future satire, and then have the two of them meet. 
They would just be like the same though with different jokes. Yeah. And I'm okay like, with that. All the Flintstone satire is satire of how we live today. Right. It would just be the it's same except, the, you know, skewed from a different Yeah, like time the running period. gag is like they have animals that do all the same things our appliances do and stuff. And in the future in they'll Jetsons. have robots that do all the things people do. Yeah, exactly. But I mean that would be fine. Maybe I'd read it. <laughs> I doubt it'll happen, but it'd be They nice. could still do a crossover without actually having a Jetson series. They could just do a couple issues where the Jetsons are in bedrock. Yeah, I think so. Let's uh write to Mark Russell and tell him to get on that. I'm we're writing it right now. Oh, I want to uh submit a retraction that I feel super embarrassed about. We talked about AD after death, I think last week, maybe two weeks ago. Okay. Uh and I talked about how how great Scott Snyder's prose was and that how a lot of people don't make the jump from writing comics to writing prose very well. And I found out immediately afterwards that Scott Snyder actually started out as a novelist and made the jump to comics. And so by me saying, like, good for you, Scott Snyder, making the jump from comics to prose, I was, like, actually being an asshole because he was a novelist originally. Uh, I mean... It's not a big deal. I, don't I know. For that. I, I've just felt embarrassed. I, I'm a, the host of a comic book podcast. I should know these things. I need to sure. do my research. But it's still impressive how he's been able to blend the two styles so well. Yes. I'm not trying to diminish anything he's doing on that book. Like, it's still amazing. Yeah. I just felt yeah. embarrassed for uh, reversing it. Well, I'm yeah. just saying it's not as big of a deal. I mean, because you were commenting just on how impressive it is that yeah. he's able to, like, reach this balance i mean it's still 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 impressive yeah yeah good job scott snyder i know you're listening to this i had to apologize to you personally good on you good on you scott snyder uh what else uh super mario run comes out this week uh there was some pretty disappointing news that has turned off a lot of fans i should have talked about this in the in the uh uh current events but i forgot did you hear that's about okay. did you hear about the news like that's got people pissed off? No. Super Mario Run will require an inter- internet connection at all times to play. You cannot play it offline, which uh is kind of a major bummer, especially for a lot of my friends here in New York City where we ride the subway all the time. That's mostly when we play our iPhone games. Uh, is on the subway, and now we won't be able to play Mario Run. And I would say if it was a free game, it would be understandable, but the fact that you're charging $10 for it and then also not letting people play it unless they're connected to a network is a little I wonder why that is. They Well, Nintendo claims, they put out a release claiming it was for syncing between devices and syncing things to, like, your friends' scores and all the network capabilities. There's also people saying that it's an anti-piracy sort of... uh, thing to like keep people from like pirating the game and loading it onto their jailbroken devices and playing it uh, that I, is definitely the correct answer yeah <laughs> because uh, the first the first thing is not that's not a thing but like <laughs> it's so it's so much work to pirate an iphone game you know because like the system like you you have to have a jailbroken phone to yeah, do it but lots of people do not as many as there used to be because like have how, how like sort of buggy they are I don't know many people anymore that have jailbroken phones. Uh, I think... Do you still know people that do that? I don't know anybody who has a, who has a jailbroken iPhone, but I do know that people do it. I just don't and know that it would be... I know that people pirate games. So right. Like, I just don't know that it would be such a big enough hit that it's worth pissing off the fans that are going to buy it, you know? Yeah, but Nintendo is like that. Yeah. Nintendo is very stingy. Yeah. 
Um, so that's a bummer. Uh, I got to play it this week uh, at a local Apple store because they have the demo version at all Apple stores right now. So you can okay. walk into any Apple store and play it on any of the devices. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, Is that I'm the still only way buy to it. play the demo? Yeah, right now you have to, the only place to play it would be at an Apple store until it comes out on Thursday. Okay. Um, and even then, on Thursday it's going to be free to download, but I think you can only play a couple levels before you have to pay for it. But the nine ninety nine ninety nine unlocks everything. That's pretty smart of them because I totally want to play a couple levels before I pay for it. Yeah. Um, so that'll come out this Thursday. Uh, Nintendo also announced in January they're going to have a press conference about the Switch where a lot more details will be revealed. Um, but that's still a ways away. Yeah, I uh, can't wait. Yeah. Well, I think that'll do it for us this week. Did you have anything else to talk about? Without no, Westworld to talk about anymore... Yeah, I know. It's Sunday as we're recording this, and I'm like, what am I going to do tonight? I know. We're going to have to find something new to obsess over and talk about on the show week to week. Do you know this, uh, the young Pope? I keep, I've, I've seen a lot of previews for it. I have seen a lot of previews for it, and I can't understand what this show is. Is it, is it a show or is it a movie? It seems to be a series. I believe okay. it's a series. I don't know what to make of it. It seems kind of ridiculous. I think it looks pretty good. Maybe. I just don't... What do you not understand about it? Like, it's just so comical to me. Like, this, like, Jude Law is, like, the dark pope that smokes cigarettes and is like, here's how we're going to run the Vatican. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, a really comical, like, to cross over, like, the gangster and the pope. It's just kind of a funny aesthetic to me. Well, so what I re- I read a little bit about it, and I guess there's some kind of bigger thing at play where somebody in government or something like somebody orchestrated him getting appointed. Okay. To the whatever they call it, I mean the popehood. I don't know the um, the papalosity. The papalosity. Yeah, like I think it's some kind of conspiracy or something. Okay. That got him there in the first place, but it, from the previews and stuff, it looks like. He just is a really hardcore Catholic and really wants people to, like, suffer for sinning. And, like, he just wants to rule with an iron fist kind of thing. I don't know. Could be good. Interesting. I will watch I will watch 30 minutes of it and see where <laughs> it goes. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, uh, when does that premiere? It's got to be soon, right? Uh, I can Google it. Fifty-three minutes into the podcast and... Someone says, I, I can Google it, and I feel like a lot of people pause their devices. Um, I guess it's already premiered. What? Because it said first episode, it says first episode date, October 21st. What? Have we just been missing the young Pope? I guess so. Well, if you all out there have been watching the young Pope, shoot us a tweet and let us know what you think about the yeah, young Pope. Well, I only know about it because of the previews before Westworld. Right. So I thought it was a new thing that was coming out. Um, but yeah, okay, so maybe we'll check that out. Let's see. Let's find out where they're at in that show. Apparently, there are. Apparently, the first season is over. Oh, okay. Wait. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, episode no. ten was. You know what? It aired in Italy first. Uh, yeah, these are, it, it premiered in Italy this year. Uh, it will premiere January 15th in the United States. Okay. Yeah. 
So the whole so first season has already aired overseas. Did it play... Did they dub it in Italian? Uh, it's a great question. Why uh, would they release it to Italy first? Well, because it's about the Pope. Yeah, but that seems like all the more reason why they wouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> I feel like they must have <laughs> upset a lot of people. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. Uh, we'll have to do some more research. Yeah, okay. Theme music composer... Bob Dylan? Really? Yeah. Is this what he won the uh, the Nobel Prize for? But it also... I'm, full disclosure, I'm looking at Wikipedia, and it also says Jimi Hendrix, who is definitely not working. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. We do research here at Pretty Much Obsessed. Live, on-air research. Um... Yeah, I don't know. We'll find a new show or something. I think for tonight, I'm just going to continue working on filling up my Pokédex. I'm pretty close. Yeah? To 100? Uh, to 100% for the Alola Pokédex, at least. Nice. National Dex is actually not in the game anymore. You have to do it on Bank. Like, on Pokémon Bank, I Interesting. Guess. Which is it but, won't work until January, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. All right, well, that'll do it for this week. Uh, We will be back next week to talk about more comic books. And then I don't know what we're going to do around Christmas time, but uh, we should at least be back next week. Well, you'll be here for Christmas, right? I will. Maybe we'll do another app. But I'm only going to be there for a couple days, so it's going to be a tight schedule. I leave on the 26th. Ooh, bummer. Unless we record a Christmas Day app. Yeah, I want to have like a little like chestnuts roasting like holiday episode. Yeah, that'll be nice. We'll record it in front of a fireplace, a roaring fireplace. But we should we'll come up with chocolate. like a special like Christmas idea, like talk about. We'll watch the know. Star Wars holiday special together. Is that a thing? Oh, you don't know about the Star Wars holiday special? Oh, uh, we won't talk no. about this on air, on air, but I'll tell you about it. Uh, okay. Because it's a big thing. Maybe we'll talk about okay, it around Christmas good. time. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Chris. And I'm Dalton. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.